Nashville Predators get a long overdue yet expected first win of the preseason. Was this our first look at the regular season lineup for the Nashville Predators? Plus, you guys had questions on the Preds. We have answers. We'll be doing a mailbag today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I want to start out with a special hello to our loyal Locked On Predheads out there. The everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the support you give us week after week. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the Hockey News. All right. You guys had some questions on the Nashville Predators heading into the new season. Uh, we got some good questions. Coming on from Twitter, from Facebook, from Instagram, uh, and a couple of you guys also left some comments on our YouTube page. So we're going to be going through and doing a mailbag segment here in just a little bit. But first, and some business to take care of. The Preds finally got a preseason win, baby. Come on now. That's the big fat W we've been waiting for. 5-1 win over the Carolina Hurricanes. Asterisk. Yeah. Asterisk whatever notation yeah notation because it wasn't the starting roster that you know they're going to be playing uh in the regular no, so the hurricanes are going to be playing the hurricanes are going to be playing in the regular season uh or tonight as the predators head to raleigh uh they're going to be playing kind of more of the starters tonight last night was rod brindamore's chance to look at some of his pto players some of his depth pieces the guys battling for spots so it was a win, y'all. 5-1 yep. win. A lot to like about it. A couple things that were a little hitching the giddy up. But yeah, 5-1 win. Let's go win at Bridgestone. Yeah, so this was the regular Nashville Predators lineup. Uh, UC Saros played a full game. You had yeah. guys like Roman Yossi, Phil Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly pretty much playing close to uh, what seems like regular minutes. Yep. Uh, although there, I will say there is a couple of people moving around in different spots in the lineup. We'll talk about that. Uh, in a second, but first, Anne, uh, let's talk about the players who were playing last night because this we kind of thought maybe this is sort of the look at the roster that Andrew Burnett wants heading into the regular season. Some notable inclusions and some notable healthy scratches. Yeah, this was uh. This was definitely an interesting roster. I think you're right. I think it's pretty close to what the Nashville Predators are are going to start. Uh, you had Forsberg, O'Reilly, and Parsonen, which I think we need to kind of dig into that in a minute. That was a great line. I think, I think that's just, your top line going into the regular season. I mean, can we just talk about the fact that you have Philip Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, and seventh round draft pick, Yuso Parsonen, Absolutely tearing it up on the ice. Loved that top line. Nyquist, Glass, Garyanoff, Evangelista, Novak, Fagimo. Hey, Sammy Fagimo, we see you. Yeah. Then Kiefer Sherwood, Colton Sistens, Phil Tomasino on your fourth line. 
So, you know, I think there's a lot of, we definitely have the spine of this starting opening night roster. A couple of pieces that are still in question. I think Kiefer Sherwood's still battling for a roster spot. Mm-hmm. Yakov Trenin was a healthy scratch. Gut tells me Yakov Trenin is going to make the opening night roster. I think he, oh, know, yeah. you know, he he just brings so much to the ice and penalty kill, just incredible. So, you know, Yakov Trenin, I think he's a sure thing. Um, so definitely a, a couple of, um, a couple of interesting ins and outs that I think are still going to be tweaked before Tuesday afternoon. Uh, including um, Dante Fabro. Yeah. Also a healthy scratch. Yeah. Uh, so that maybe tells you what Andrew Burnett is thinking in terms of that last spot on the right side of the D. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of big takeaways there. One is that at least for most of the game, Sammy Fagimo got higher billing than Phil Tomasino. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Sammy Fagimo also for a little bit, uh, moved up to play on the Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly line. So that should give you an idea because a lot of people were like, oh, he's just kind of like a, you know, a training camp guy, like adding some depth, maybe an extra skater. Uh, I think that proved last night and it proved, you know, based on how well he did in the game, because I thought he was one of my standout players. Yes. Uh, that tells you that the Nashville Predators maybe think a little bit higher of Sammy Fagimo than maybe some players we thought they thought highly of heading into this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Phil Tomasino, that's on, on the fourth line and also not really getting a lot of elevated opportunities to kind of play higher. Yeah. That sort of stood out to me. Um, you know, and, and then commenting on the Yakov Trenin um, key for sure with thing, I, I will say like, I, I, I think that might be the battle. Mm-hmm. I do think, you know, Kiefer Sherwood might be your guy heading into, um, you know, heading into the, the regular season. Um, but uh, that's that's the other one that is, I think could kind of go either way. You might see both of those guys rotate in and out. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it seems like there's a lot of, of takeaways that maybe we're going to have to wait and see till this Tuesday to really kind of get a firm take either way on it. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot that would be a question about this roster under normal circumstances, but with new head coach, Andrew Burnett, who is just getting to know these guys, I think it's a hard read. Like he really is still trying to get to know players like Phil Tomasino, like Luke Evangelista, like Yuso Parsonen, um, let alone Sammy Fagimo. So I think it's very hard to predict 100% this is who's going to make the starting roster because it's a clean slate. We talked about that. You know, that was the message in in day one of camp. It's a clean slate. So he's really not carrying over anything from last season. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this shakes out. Uh, Tonight will be very, very important. But I don't know that I would bet all the money that I have saying I could nail this opening night roster. I, I think there's still just a few too many questions. I'm with you there, but I will say uh, a couple of standouts. I, mm-hmm. I like the way a lot of these guys look. And again, they were against, you know, the B plus squad of, of the Carolina right. Hurricanes. Right. But at the same time, you know, you could see the chemistry on that top line. I thought that was the Gosh. best 
that like that best that top line has looked uh, from a three person standpoint. Yes. Uh, for for all of preseason, um, you know that that Novak Evangelista combo that's absolutely cranking. Tommy Novak. Yes. Uh, you know we we had concerns about whether he would be able to keep up that magic. Uh, I have way fewer concerns mm -hmm. uh, about that. You know, seeing how he's done. Um, in preseason, uh, as we mentioned, Sammy Fagamo came to play. I really like that addition. He has really impressed me in the short time uh, that he's been here. Um, and, and the other person I will point out, Anne, is that Roman Yossi has looked really strong these past few preseason games that yeah. he played as well. And so it kind of seems like he is picking up right where he left off before he got hurt at the end of last season too, with all the talk about, you know, watching some of the roster battles and position battles and stuff like that. Um, it, it doesn't seem like we've talked too much about Roman Yossi and his camp. So I, I think that's worth pointing out is that he also uh, yeah. has looked really solid in, in not just yesterday, but a couple of the last preseason games as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Want to highlight what you said about Tommy Novak. Uh, two players that I think have come into camp and, and shown us, hey, I am who you thought I was, Tommy Novak and you so Parsonin. You know, you have to wonder when you see a season like we saw from both of them at the end of last year, like, is this really it? Or, you know, is this kind of a lightning in a bottle thing? I think both players have shown the Nashville Predators, no, I am who you thought I was. Mm -hmm. um, Want to see a little more of that from some of the other players, but I think Novak and Parsonen have really done well. And again, Parsonen has had a shortened training camp because he was out day-to-day -day lower body injury. But I'm telling you, when he came back to training camp, that young man was shooting goals, y'all. I mean, he was scoring some goals, just the ones that made everybody go, ooh, um, in, in practice. And so it was great to see that translate in the game. And, you know, you could almost, not quite, but almost put me with Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly and elevate my game. So imagine if this is the line they go with on the top line, it's going to be really exciting to see Parson in season. Yeah. Uh, one more preseason game tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. That is in Carolina. Uh, expect the reverse of yesterday. The Carolina Hurricanes yeah. are expected to play their sort of regular lineup. Yeah. Um, maybe with a roster battle or two, you know, on, on the bottom of the lineup and the Preds are kind of expected to play everybody on the bubble. Uh, yeah. so yeah, uh, maybe expect another five, one game, uh, going the other way. Could be, could be, could be. um, we know that you guys have had a lot of questions about what the Nashville Predators have done in training camp so far, which is why we set up a little mailbag segment. We're going to get to some of the questions that you guys want to know the answers to coming up here in just a little bit. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dog shorts are quite possibly uh, the best thing in my wardrobe because not only do they feel great and comfortable to wear, but they make me look great as well. The secret is Bird Dog's cloud knit fabric. It looks just like khaki, but it stretches to give you a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. You know how regular shorts are made of that stiff, restricting cotton? Not Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are lightweight, they're breathable, they're comfortable, and you can wear them 
pretty much in every single occasion. Plus, they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. That's why you can wear them on anything. You can wear them out to a day on the golf course. You can come home, wear them to a fancy date night, a workout situation, just lounging around on your couch watching football. Any occasion is great to wear your bird dogs. You won't want to take these off. Try them yourself. Go to birddogs.com slash NHL or enter promo code LockedOnNHL at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com slash NHL for a free water bottle at checkout. Again, you're not going to want to take these Bird Dogs off. We promise you. All right, Ann, it is mailbag time. Yes. Here on the Locked On Predators podcast. Uh, we asked you guys to send in your questions on training camp, Nashville Predators uh, preseason so far, or thoughts on the regular season. And you guys sent us some good feedback. So, Ann, would you do the honors and dive into the mailbag for us? I will. So our first question comes from Julian Simpson Kirsch. Who has been the most surprising player in camp preseason, good or bad? Love this question. Great question. Hmm. Good or bad? Good or bad, my friends. Let's see. Um, I mean, for good, is it too much to say, you know, Fagamo already? Mm, yeah. No, I agree with you. I think in such a little time, he has shown why the Predators picked him up off waivers when I think everybody was like, you're doing what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, and I know this is, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I had this thought yesterday. For me, Ryan O'Reilly, and I, and again, I know that sounds ridiculous. Obviously, the Predators, you know, wanted him for a reason, and, you know, he comes with a lot of hype. Ryan O'Reilly is the hype. For me, I have been so impressed with him on ice, off ice. And in talking to the other players, I think they kind of have the same thing. There are so many little things that Ryan O'Reilly does well that when you don't watch him game in and game out, day in and day out, maybe you just don't pick up on. And last night I was sitting at the game watching him and, and there's a part of me that's like, I wish that I had never watched hockey until I found Ryan O'Reilly, because mm -hmm. I think, man, I would have loved for him to be the introduction to hockey because there's so many aspects of his game that you could just sit and watch him for 60 minutes and just learn so much about the nuance of, of how are you an excellent player at little things. So Ryan yeah. O'Reilly has knocked my socks off and that may be just on me for not understanding fully what the Predators were getting. The other one, um, Yuso Parsonen, we talked about it, Tommy mm -hmm. Novak and Yuso Parsonen, they are who yeah. they said they were. And, and we've seen that in camp preseason. Let's see what happens in the regular season as well. Yeah. yeah. To, to add on to that also, uh, I will, you know, kind of give a shout out to Tommy Novak as well. I know he had big season last year and everybody had high expectations for them, but there was also, you know, kind of a reasonable bit of doubt. It's like, okay, is he mm -hmm. really going to reproduce what he did last year? Uh, and, you know, quite frankly, and he looks even better Gosh, than yes. he did last year, too. He looks like he's going to be an integral part of this Preds offense as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's another shout out. Um, there are two people maybe that have surprised me in terms of disappointment. 
Okay. And they're going to be the topic of their next question from our buddy Brian Baston over at On the Forecheck. Mm. Who logs more top line minutes by the end of the season? Phil Tomasino or Luca Vangelista? I don't know that either of them are going to get as many top line minutes as we thought. I really felt like both of them were going to battle for top six minutes. I'm not sure we've seen enough from them in the preseason for them to compete with Garyanov, with Yuso Parson in to get those spots. So, yeah, I'm kind of there. Look, love them. Uh, I like their game. I think maybe there's more room for growth. Um, than maybe what we saw for, like you said, Tommy Novak to this year, you know, it's kind of, you're getting the same, if not better. I think, you know, let's see what Tomasino and Evangelista can do. But I, I would agree with you. I think I'm a little bit surprised that they aren't as competitive for that top six minutes as yeah. maybe we anticipated. And I was going to tweak that question to kind of be like, who do you think winds up kind of having a bigger role by the end of the year? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like, and here's the thing, like when I say like disappointing, it's not like they've been like, oh my God, they suck. Like right. they really get cut or anything like that. Absolutely not. It's just that I thought maybe they would be the ones that look the most raring to go under this new offensive seat, like, you know, this new offensive season from, from Andrew Burnett, because right. remember when Barry Trotz traded away Matt or, you know, Ryan, Ryan Johansson, when he cut Matt Duchesne, a lot of what he said was, look, we want to clear the way for some of these younger players. It just so happened that happened right after like Phil Tomasino came back up. Luke Evangelista had a big debut. So, you know, it seemed like, okay, those are kind of who Barry Trotz is talking about. These young players who really carried the team at the end of the year. Now they're going to have a chance to kind of be like, you know, cement themselves as marquee guys. And they just, I, I want to see more from them. I'm not yes. going to say like they've had a bad preseason, they've had a bad camp or anything because they've looked fine. Yes. Yeah. It's just that I think other players have kind of stood out more. And that's surprising because those were the two guys that you really wanted to see step up and kind of cement themselves as standouts. I don't know if they really have done that yet. Yeah, I think it's surprising as far as my expectations. But when you really look at it, I'm not sure that it's super surprising. You know, Phil Tomasino up and down between the NHL and AHL. You know, he uh, talked about the fact that, like, he lost a lot of weight in this offseason working on speed. So he's kind of making some adjustments to his game. Luca Evangelista is just a young sprout, y'all. Like, yeah. he, you know, he has not played a ton of NHL games. So you know, expectations are very high for them. I agree with you. Barry Trotz kind of set the table a certain way, and I'm not sure that's how dinner is being served, but I think it's going to be okay. I just think they're going to marinate a little more, maybe in bo bottom six roles, um, at least to start the season. But let's see what they can do. But, yeah, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down about them. Picking yeah. it up. Uh, you know, I know not a lot of people are going to be, like, completely, like, oh, yeah, 100% on this, but – uh, the fact that Phil Tomasino has not gotten a ton of power play units yeah. in camp. Yeah. Also, the fact that he was on the fourth line, kind of below Fagimo, who just got Yeah. It makes you kind of wonder, you yeah. know, where 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 is he in, in Andrew Burnett's mind? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, here is a, another question, Anne. 
This one is from at Preds Realist on Twitter. Okay. How is Nashville going to eventually clear the logjam of NHL ready defensemen? Is Barry gone before the season ends, or do they look to move somebody like Jeremy Lazan? Yeah, this is such a great question. The defense is such a great question. Tons of talent. How are you going to sort all that out? I think a lot about long-term defensive plans ha- will be determined by how this team does. I think if this uh, Predators team doesn't meet expectation, which I think is is finishing the season the way they did last season, I think at the trade deadline, if they're struggling, it's not going well. I think probably Barry will get traded, which would suck. I want to go on the record as saying I don't want to see Tyson Barry go. Um, but I do think he's probably your your best defensive trade piece. So I can see if the team does not do well, him going. I, I just I'm not sure what they're going to do. And again, I come back to this Fabro Carrier, you know, duel that we have going on. What's going to happen there? Um, I, I don't know. And and remember, they've got these young guys in the wings. So again, if the Nashville Predators really just can't kind of get it going, maybe they trade Lazan, maybe they trade Barry, maybe they, you know, trade a couple guys and just say, hey, you know what, we're bringing up Stasny, we're going to give Del Gaizo his shot, and, and we're just going to kind of take a step back to take a step forward. So I think so much about the defensive decisions are going to be made midway through the season, depending on how the team does. Yeah, for sure. And I think a big factor, I mean, there's two. I, I do think Tyson Berry, uh, if the Predators are kind of middle of the pack, I do think he's a trade target, not because the Preds want to get rid of him, but just because he's going to be a, a big, a, you know, attractive piece for somebody else at the deadline. Yeah. Um, it's really going to come down to how they feel uh, about, I think, Lazan, Carrier, yeah. and Fabro. Yeah. Uh, if they look at them and say, like, you know what, we'd actually be comfortable with any of you. Uh, on, on the bottom line, like we we see enough of you that we could see a spot for you moving forward. Then I then I think maybe that that sort of the lineup up top shifts, and maybe they're more you know willing to aggressively shop somebody like Barry. Uh, if they're not, like if they look at somebody like Dante Fabro, who was healthy scratch yesterday, and go, I just I just don't see a fit long term. Right. Then I think maybe you see one of those guys maybe moved before the season ends or waived or, or, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. And that's definitely going to be uh, the battle uh, still to come. We have questions on the aforementioned um, Yuso Parsonen, who we've talked about earlier today. We've also got some thoughts on maybe UC Soros and his mm. seat in the head. That's coming up in just a second. First, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. You can find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like instant match assessments, and they also have virtual interviews. If you hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find 
quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Indeed knows that finding people with the right skills makes all the difference when you're a hiring team of one. So go and visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Again, indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, and let's get to our next question, shall we? Let's get to uh, a couple uh, sent in from our friend at Getberry Trotst. Yeah. Uh, here's one on UC Soros. With Soros being as good as he is, is it realistic the Preds can do that bad? <laughs> I love this question. I mean, because... I mean he, the Preds were very, very bad last year and almost made the playoffs. So I mean, anything is possible when you have UC Soros. And, and that's just true. Look at the game last night. The Carolina Hurricanes got four shots on net in just over one minute in this game. And UC Soros is like, don't worry, guys. I got you till you get up to speed. Yeah. Now, shouldn't have to do that. But UC Soros is the X factor for the Nashville Predators. And so you can look at everything on this roster. You can look at the forward lines. You can look at the defensive core. You can measure depth and talent and skill and, and all of this stuff and say, this is where the Nashville Predators are going to be. But unless you factor UC Soros into that equation, you have no idea because Soros steals games. And I agree with the premise of this question. Can the Predators really be that bad with UC Soros? They would have to work really hard to be that bad with UC Soros. Um, he, he just he just makes the team so much better, y'all. So much better. As long as UC Soros is in form and not right. injured, uh, the Preds are going to have a chance uh, yes. to, you know, steal a lot of wins this year because that's just the goalie that UC Soros is. Like he's that that guy that steals games. Uh, he's one of the best game changing goalies in the entire NHL, yeah. uh, and I do think he would be considered one of you know the be maybe the best goalie in the league if the Preds were a smidge better in front of them right now. So so I'm with you, Anne. Yeah, um, I, I don't see the Predators really absolutely sucking if UC Soros is on form. Yeah, when people say, hey, where do you see the Predators finishing? I can tell you where I see the Predators finishing when I look at, you know, kind of combining the veterans and the new guys and how the defense sorts out. What I cannot factor in is UC Soros because I'm telling you, a healthy UC Soros changes everything. <laughs> so how goes UC Soros? So in a lot of ways will go the Nashville Predators. He's such a gem. What would yep. we do without him? Yeah. Conversation is different between uh, UC Zaros and the rest of the team. That's very true. Very true. Yeah. All right. So let's take a question from Rambunctious39. Um, with almost 8 million remaining in cap space, do you think the Preds are looking seriously at any more free agents? Or are they using this as an intentional flexibility for future trade moves? Do you think the Predators are going to do anything? 
Not unless Patrick Kane really wants to come to Nashville. Yeah. I, I mean, who else really is out there that you would want to bring in um, yeah. in terms of a free agent? Um, you know, I, I don't see anything right now, you know, like I, I don't see them being aggressive right now. I think this is just, you know, kind of set yourself up for cap flexibility over the next couple of years. Uh, remember, you also have that 11 million dead cap hit coming up uh, in a couple of years that you kind of have to keep your eye on. Right. Um, the only thing I would say, Anne, is that I would say the Predators are probably going to try to be in a position where, let's just say one of those like Matthew Kachuk-esque trades comes along where they're just all of a sudden like, you know, a 25-year-old, surefire, game-changing, like, person to build around right. um, comes up, you know, like a trade offer comes in for up, that they'd be ready to kind of make that move. Um, I, I don't see anybody, you know, like that available right now. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but. Yeah. I don't see the Predators. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't see them doing any shopping like that for a long time. Like not a long yeah. time, but I mean, I, I just don't, I don't see them making a lot of moves at the trade deadline. I don't see them, you know, next off season, even going out and trying to find that guy. I really think the the predators are going to sit on what they've got and, and sort of see what happens unless this season is a complete dumpster fire, which again, with UC Soros, can we really be a complete dumpster fire? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I think we got time for one more. Let's go back to another one from at get Barry Trotzd. Who do you see as the guy who gets the call up from Milwaukee and then breaks through? Mm. Joachim Kamel. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, Joachim Kamel is, is something pretty special. I like that he's starting the season in Milwaukee. I think it's the right place for him. But you want to talk about a player who really tried to make a case for, no, you really want me to stay here? That was Joachim Kamel um, in this preseason. Again, killer postseason with Milwaukee. Time in Milwaukee, time with Carl Taylor's only going to make this better. I think he's going to be an early call up for the National Predators. And I don't know that Joachim Kamel will go back down. That's my yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's like the next big breakout for to really come through. And the other guy I'll throw out is Spencer Stastny. Oh. Uh, just because I think if he gets his chance uh, to come up, yeah, I, I think that the Preds are going to be, uh, yeah, they're yeah. going to be ready. Here's the follow-up question real quick. Is there a shock player getting sent down or scratched, Nick? I mean, we, we, we talked about Yakov Trenin. You that, think? Might, that might be, you know, a little bit of a surprise thing. Um, you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not out of the question. Somebody like, uh, yeah, like it's it's not out of the question. Maybe a, a Tomasino or an Evangelista yeah. wind up, you know, maybe having to swap some minutes as well. Yeah, that uh, Evangelista is kind of my pick for that. That would be a shock player. And look, y'all, if it happens, it is it is not the end of the story and it may not be a bad thing for him. But, yeah, I, I think let's not let's not buy pitchforks if Evangelista kind of spends a little bit of time in Milwaukee this season. So we'll mm. see. So yeah. much could happen. 
I, I would disagree with that move if it happens. That's a, <laughs> uh -oh. Yeah, we're, we're out of time. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back next week with all new episodes. We'll see you then.